welcome to Rivera Dojo. My name is Ken Rivera and I'm happy to be able to spend time with you all again. If you're new to the platform, Dojo means place of the way. And Rivera Dojo focuses on incorporating wellness practices into our personal and professional development. This session or episode is a continuation of a series that will provide an introduction to mindfulness. What is mindfulness? It is to be aware, to be present. When we are mindful, our awareness is focused on the present moment. We are fully attentive and we can calmly observe and accept our feelings and our thoughts. We are aware of our body. We are aware of our breath. This awareness, this calm, enables us to acknowledge what is going on within us and around us without judgment. When we are mindful, we are aware of and can accept our feelings without acting on them. I talked about how our personalities are shaped by our experiences and the influences within our social construct, our parents, teachers, family members, and friends. This social shaping has much to do with how we view ourselves, our esteem, our efficacy, as it relates to our efforts within our many personas, as a person, a partner, a parent, a professional, as a friend. As with everything that relates to being mindful, our practice begins within. How do we view our situations, our emotions, Have we ever considered the point of view or field of view in and of itself, the origin, the influences? Are we helpful? Do we motivate ourselves? Or are we harmful? Do we shut ourselves down? Are we compassionate or are we critical? Today we're going to explore compassion and how practicing loving kindness towards ourselves and others can nurture self-compassion and ultimately compassion for others. Compassion is essentially concern and a motivation to relieve suffering. Important to know, unlike empathy, It does not take on or seek to feel or understand the emotions of others. It is more focused on helping to alleviate suffering. As I will continue to emphasize, nurturing our capacity to be compassionate begins within. We are only as good to others as we are to ourselves. Now, speaking from my own experiences, 
I grew up in environments and my social construct, so to speak, was comprised of a pretty fair mix of kindness and harshness, compassion and criticism. The combination of these influences from my parents and compiling that with the influences of teachers and mentors as I grew up. Again, talking about personalities, right? The, those parts of their personalities that stuck, that I adopted, right? Or were conditioned into from sheer repetition. If it was my state perpetually, it basically shapes my inner voice, right? Or shaped my inner voice. So I have a mix of a compassionate caretaker and a harsh inner critic. My harsh inner critic is probably a lot stronger than my compassionate caretaker. And I know this sounds a little, you know, silly, but contextually, anything that I work on, I want it to be perfect. I don't give myself second chances. I harshly criticize mistakes. I don't give myself the grace to try again. I know I have to ultimately complete things, right? As, as a professional, there's things that we have to do, but the efforts to outcome or outcomes over time, as it relates to my experience, it's not pleasant. And it does have much to do with the influences. And this is me essentially considering my point of view, my field of view in and of itself. I'm considering the origin, what influenced how I view my situations, how I view my behavior. So I have a mix of helpfulness. I can motivate myself, but I am also equally, if not more harmful, I tend to shut myself down more than I actually motivate myself. And this has contributed to procrastination at times, especially where I feel really challenged because I spend more time or extra time researching and learning as much as I can before I actually start that task. And this can apply to my personal relationships as well. If I'm in uncharted waters from an emotional perspective, if I'm dealing with things that I'm not comfortable with or outside of my area of expertise, just for the sheer sake of comfort, like I'm not comfortable with it, I don't have enough knowledge or experience as it relates, then I tend to push it off. That's been my experience. And in doing so, I'm ultimately pushing others away. That's been my experience in relationships. So when I view my situation and I consider the origin and the influences, I can point back to the who, the what, the where. I can point back to specific memories that have been imprinted in my brain and the conversation or, or monologue, if it was a lecture within that experience, is my inner voice. I can hear it come through. And I attribute this to my mindful practice. It took me a long time to first 
understand that, hey, you know what? I'm dwelling. I'm, I'm not here. And, and I think the aha moment was I went to talk to, I went for a, uh, for a, a wellness check with a, a neurologist just to go check part of my annual physical. And because uh, I struggle with migraines, I suffer, I'm a migraine sufferer for a long time. And as I went to explore that, see what was going on with it, I was sharing with the doctor that I have forgetfulness or I suffer from forgetfulness. I've been having trouble remembering things as it relates to work and things of that nature, just really struggling to remember things. And he looked at me and smiled and said, you don't have, it's, you, know, he said, you don't have an issue with remembering. You have an issue with focus. You're not focusing. Okay, that's, that's cool. There's nothing I need to be concerned about. But at the same time, I was concerned about my focus. And this is, you know, an insert harsh critic, right? My inner voice came in and, and why, why don't you focus? For all of your studying and your research over the years about self-improvement, why wasn't focus a part of it? And it wasn't until I started to revisit and started to learn more about mindfulness that I realized that I have not been present at all. That even, you know, now looking back, you know, when I, when I reflect or apply mindful insight towards my experiences, the experience that contributed to those harsh critiques, right? Those emotions, the frustration, the angst that led to me going to see a doctor to figure out what was going on because I was afraid that some, that I was, you know, going to have memory issues. I wasn't remembering anything because I wasn't paying attention. So that doctor, essentially, as I touched on earlier, has become a part of my persona, has contributed to my inner voice. So when I listen to my conscience, I can hear those influencers at different points in time. Of course, it's usually your own voice, but it's the influences from our, or within our experiences throughout our lives that resonate. My doctor's now a part of that. I can literally hear him saying, you're just not paying attention. Simple, very matter of fact, something that I can work with. So this was essentially an aha moment for me, an awakening, right? Where I realized that that's just one of the things that I've been missing out on. That's the only thing that I paid attention to. The fact that I wasn't remembering from a work perspective, I didn't even think about, you know, my personal relationships, my parental relationship. How present have I been, right? But in that, just in me sharing this, you know, I, I can easily share what my inner view was, the view of my situation. And it goes back to where I was considering my point of view and the field of view. I was leaning towards criticism. I was not compassionate. I was not being helpful. I was essentially shutting myself down. I was being really hard on myself. So within my practice, as I've been nurturing these elements of mindfulness, 
focusing on my body and breath to bring myself into the present moment, expanding it to practice loving kindness towards myself, towards loved ones, towards neutral people, and ultimately towards those who I struggle with. I've been developing compassion. And it wasn't until I really started to focus on the compassion part. It's not where you're graduating or anything. It's just expanding my practice to say, now I want to set my aspirations towards compassion, towards an intention of self-compassion, setting intentions around being compassionate with myself. Right? Silencing my inner critic. And in doing so, mainly through leveraging my loving-kindness meditation, I've been growing in compassion. And I had, a, I had the, the root or the, the seed of compassion through my concern, but I didn't have the motivation to relieve my suffering because I was suffering, right? To, be, to suffer is to be attached, right? I was attached to those emotions. Those emotions were ruling my life. They were drawing all of my attention away from the present moment right? So I was establishing concern, but it wasn't until I started to practice loving kindness that I started to feel motivated, right? Towards an intention to be self-compassionate, to relieve my own suffering, to accept and embrace those emotions that I was feeling, the frustration, the anger, the sadness, the fear, Acknowledge them as valid feelings, but not let them dictate my behavior. I was beginning to give myself grace. And it was within that, I basically used that as a goal, as something that I can touch, right? It was attainable. And I used that goal as essentially the stepping point or stepping stone towards others, one thing at a time. The next thing that I started to focus on was my home life. Just the conversations with my children, right? Being present, being compassionate, giving them grace. The conversations with my wife, being present, being compassionate being helpful and motivating versus harmful. Learning to increasingly with practice reflect self-compassion versus harsh criticism or criticism in and of itself or judgmental attitudes or behavior. So loving kindness nurtures compassion. They go hand in hand. When you're compassionate, you are essentially expressing loving kindness. It's an exercise in loving kindness. It requires loving kindness. You, unless you love yourself and can show yourself kindness, it's really hard to be compassionate. It's hard to have that sympathy. It's hard to aspire towards setting intentions or motivation to relieve your own suffering. And again, what we do within our internal investment reflects outward. This is the energy that gets projected within our interactions with others. 
So by simply focusing on developing self-compassion, silencing my inner critic, accepting myself as I am, and being okay with it. When I'm angry, it's okay. I can get angry. When I'm sad, it's okay. I can be sad. I don't have to dwell there. I can make decisions, right? Within the awareness of my body and my breath, my breath being present, I can make decisions to exercise right behavior, exercise a calm mind, pursue, seek actively being present, exercise loving kindness towards myself so that I can further radiate that light within becomes brighter within my interactions. Exercise self-compassion that I may be more compassionate towards others, right? I am able to increasingly treat others as I am now treating myself. The harshness that I applied towards my behavior was the harshness that I applied towards others. It was a reflection of what I viewed as okay or acceptable from the perspective of my point of view or field of view as it relates to my situations. Shifting from criticism to compassion allowed me to shift from criticism to compassion with others. I felt myself saying it's okay more. And it felt good. It, uh, it was a relief because I was suffering. And it showed me within that practice. And it is a practice. There's days where my inner critic is yelling and I got to go over there and calm down. It's okay. We can be angry. We just need to move on, right? These are the efforts to the outcomes. There's more to do. There's opportunities to do better, right? Changing our perspective. What's the silver lining in the worst situation, right? And we'll talk more about that when we explore resiliency and coping. But within my practice of loving kindness, I've been able to experience levels of compassion that I've never felt before. I've been able to look at peers. I've been able to look at people that I don't care for because they're, all of us have people we don't really care for. I've been able to look at them through the lens of loving kindness. I've been able to feel compassion towards them. To ask myself different questions, right? Instead of asking myself, what the hell is wrong with them? I've been able to approach it from a position of curiosity or wonder. I wonder why they're in a bad mood so often. It doesn't really have anything to do with me. If I'm attentive, if I'm focused, right? If I'm fully aware in the present moment, I can observe contextually how much of their behavior really has anything to do with me. And I'll realize that very little of it is related to me. If anything, the only behavior that I might be motivating is defensiveness because of my own defensiveness, right? People sense that energy. If you come in with the wall in front of you, it's cold. They feel that cold. 
they go ahead and, and retreat into themselves as well. So now you're talking to each other behind walls. But if you can practice loving kindness and nurture compassion, you can go into that engagement with a softer lens, with a softer posture. You can ask questions differently. You can engage them from a position of curiosity, which softens their response. You can soften their defensiveness by simply demonstrating vulnerability or openness on your part. And it comes from your loving kindness practice, right? These are the seeds that we've been watering within our practice. Over a period of a month, four weeks of focus on this, you'll see a difference. And I'm not saying that's the set time. I'm just saying that's how long it took me. Now again, I can go for six months and then all of a sudden I'm like looking at them, you know, harshly again. You don't, you don't silence it permanently. You know what I mean? It's a management process. And that's the, that's the critical importance of pursuing mindfulness and pursuing it from a fundamental perspective. I am aware of my body. I have breath. I breathe in. I breathe out. It's a reset. There's nothing wrong with resetting. There's nothing wrong with starting from scratch, especially when that scratch, quote unquote, is the awareness of your body, the awareness of your breath, the acknowledgement and acceptance that you are alive. And in that present moment, you are safe. In that present moment, you are calm. And if you're not calm, you know how to find it by simply practicing a slow and deep breath. I'm breathing in slowly. I'm breathing out slowly. In my articulation, I've shifted my thinking. In my breathing, I've calmed my emotions. I accept them. I don't retreat from them. I don't avoid them. I don't suppress them. They're there. They just don't need to manifest themselves in my behavior. I can love my anger. I can really, really dive into my anger and, and, and start to question where it's coming from, from a mindful lens, with a calm mind. No one will suffer because I'm not suffering. I can share revelations with those around me by practicing mindful insight. I can share learnings with my team as a manager just through observations, fresh eyes, being present. I notice something in my behavior in these meetings. I notice I haven't been fully present or I notice I haven't been following up as much as I should or I notice I haven't been as grateful or graceful as I should be in our current state. We all have jobs. We're all able to still be productive despite everything going on around us. It's a different perspective. And it comes with being compassionate towards yourself and in turn compassionate towards others. So with that, I want to wrap up with just wishing for you as I wish for myself, right? Giving it the same value that you actively seek to develop your practice of awareness, that you actively seek moments to be mindful, 
that you find time to focus on the awareness of your body, the awareness of your breath. And in that awareness, you seek opportunities to practice loving kindness for yourself and for others. And as you develop your loving kindness, you nurture and grow your compassion for yourself and for others. And the next time we get together, we're going to start to explore judgment or non-judgment and gratitude. I'm looking forward to those talks. Until we get together again, please take good care of yourself and be well.